Story number eight. Keahi P.O. Ole, The Fire That Never Burns Out, by A.J. Llewellyn. Excerpted from Paradise, Passion, Murder. Ten Tales of Mystery from Hawaii. Me, I was starving. But after seeing her safely inside, I tore off for Patty Drive. I wanted to get a look at the two homes, the Hammond Residence and Takeo's. The street was pitch black. All the better for me. I had infrared goggles. After parking up the hill away from the house, I stood at the top of the incline looking down at the Hammond place. It was a typical sprawling ranch-style house, which sold for a couple of million in this valley. It was beautiful, but also featured huge windows that looked out onto the darkened garden. The house was lit up like a Christmas tree, but I didn't see anyone moving around in it. I switched over to the Watanabe house. It was a completely different style. A kind of two-story Cape Cod with a wraparound lanai. I suspected it was a newer construction than Sachi's pre-war home. I saw no lights or movement. After a long, careful look, I realized one small light was on upstairs. The black BMW I saw shoot out of the driveway earlier in the day wasn't around. I picked my way down the steep lava stone driveway to the left of the Watanabe property and to the right of the Hammond home. A white SUV stood at the far end of the Hammond's driveway, and a small dog began to bark from the confines of what looked like a room at the base of the house. It shocked me to hear it because Sachi had told me she never left Susie alone. Also, the room was dark. The yelping sounded pitiful. I crept over to the door. Susie, I whispered, making a light kissing noise. Susie! The dog stopped. Something was wrong. I just knew it. She panted heavily, and the distressing sound freaked me out. What the heck happened to Sachi? I didn't want to leave the dog there, but could I break into the room? Boy, did I wish I had the double-duty penknife in my possession. I had a small burglary kit, not exactly legal, but effective. I took it out of my back pocket and checked around me. Nothing but the dog's whimpering and my heavy breathing. I wanted to use my flashlight to illuminate the lock, but couldn't risk it. I jiggled the mechanism, and it was harder work than I'd imagined. Headlights loomed from the top of the street. Oh, no. The vehicle was coming down the driveway. I popped the lock, and the frantic dog leapt into my arms. I grabbed and held her as she licked my face. Something smelled bad in the tiny room. It was probably dog poop. I closed the door and scooted out of the small area. I paused near the white SUV just as whoever was driving the vehicle at the top of the drive hit a tree, then a fence. Shit, a man's voice. Sachi had told me her drunken husband did this. Susie froze in terror in my arms, and I took the moment to duck behind the white SUV and into unknown territory behind it. Susie clung to me. She gave me a small chin lick as we made our way into the back garden. The property was huge. Giant koa and cypress trees provided the perfect camouflage. Susie growled as I ran behind the large clump of bamboo. Shh! Her body stiffened. She didn't let out a yip because I kissed her, but she started to tremble violently. I was pretty certain I was standing on freshly turned earth. Then I saw the hibiscus trees Susie had mentioned. This had to be the pathway between the two houses Takeo had used to visit her. Susie! A male voice called in the distance. Where the fuck are you?
The dog's breath caught in her throat and her mouth hung open. I darted through the cover of hibiscus trees and through several people's properties. I hid in a garden far from the Hammond and Watanabe homes 